Hello and welcome to Destigmatized. My name is Adam Cavlin. I am here with longtime friend Max Sugarman. How's it going, Max? Good, thanks. How are you doing today, Adam? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, we've been friends for like 20, over 20 years now. Yeah, I think since fourth grade. Something like that. Yeah. How have you been? Uh, I mean, I, I know we kind of, we chat pretty regularly, but mm-hmm. how, how, are, how are you doing? How's the, how's pandemic life been treating you? Um, it, it's been pretty good, actually. I recently started a new job working at credit union and started taking classes and stuff. So I don't know, it's kind of an impetus to make some life changes. So I've actually been, you know, like able to keep busy and feeling pretty positive. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, feeling that um we're kind of inspired to make some changes just because of the weight of everything bearing down sometimes that pressure can be a good thing then there's a lot of time for like reflection and stuff and that's you know often you remember the last time i had six months off in a row you know to kind of just think about what i wanted to be doing so that was uh that was pretty good yeah you were you were a chef before before yeah most recently i was chefing um over at this restaurant, Bull Valley Roadhouse, which I really liked and which was going awesome. Um, but, you know, it's funny how things work out, I guess. Yeah. I remember us talking, um, maybe, I don't remember exactly when this conversation was, but it seemed like you had, you were you were cooking for a really long time. That was kind of your path, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much since we graduated from college in 2013. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I wound up just uh, working in restaurants. And yeah, I really enjoyed cooking. Um, cooking is really good for people with mental health problems, actually, which is kind of funny. Um, it gives you something to focus on, like minute by minute throughout the course of an entire day. Um, you know, so you don't even really have time to be thinking about anything else, whatever's bothering you. Um, it's it's really like busy and structured, and requires such a high amount of focus. I think you see a lot of people in the service industry actually who have various uh, mental health issues. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think I've thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. It's like something that takes all of your attention and a lot of it. Yeah, it's almost meditative. I mean, if somebody, if you have to like, you know, peel an entire case of some vegetable, you know, that's kind of all you have to focus on moving fast, moving efficiently. Um, you know, our buddy George also, I think, you know, he, uh, he cooked with me for a while and I think he kind of felt the same thing, you know, Mm. it also has like a sort of, um, team element that can be, you know, I think really supportive at times. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a ton of other things which can be really detrimental to mental health, which is why I left that industry the first time actually. Yeah. I wanted to get into that a little bit because I remember, I remember when you, told me that you started working at this like really nice restaurant and you started getting a lot of anxiety and I think you said you had a a panic attack one time while you were working yeah that one was um it was like the perfect storm actually you know I was trying to go off of Prozac for the first time I'd been on Prozac for maybe five years I think um, so I was slowly uh, titrating off of that while working this job. Um, 
you know, like it was a pretty abusive kitchen, I think, like not the worst, but definitely, um, you know, wasn't like a super positive and supportive place. Um, and then, you know, you had really long, like kind of grueling days. It was like 14 hours, usually 12 to 14 hour days. Um, if you got out of there on like 11, it was like a short day. Um, and, you know, you have the like exhaustion combined with, you know, I guess the changing brain chemistry in a, like a really kind of stressful environment. I, I kind of just like, yeah, it was just like a, a panic attack during, during service and I just couldn't really function. Um, and then the chef just like kicked me out and told me to go home, which was, uh, you know, not a good feeling. Was it that experience or maybe multiple type of types of experiences like that, that led you to leave? Yeah, it was that, um, among other things that happened at this establishment, you know, kind of like exploitative work practices, um, sexual harassment, like the whole, like, you know, the whole book, everything that's happened in the restaurant industry was, I think, bad about this place. Um, but I would say, uh, yeah, like that was a big part of it. I don't, like the way you feel, the way I felt leaving was really difficult because so much of my identity was kind of like wrapped up in, in like food and cooking and like being a chef, you know, it's like, it's all you do, especially when you get to like a certain level, you know, you really have to just, um, you know, give everything you have towards it. And that's like what's expected in, in the industry, you know, there's this ethos of like toughing it out, um, regardless of whatever, you know, might be going on in your life. And um, yeah, it just can be really unhealthy. And I think it kind of came to a headway there. Uh, so actually like the next day I just packed up all my stuff and just like walked out during, um, <laughs> during work. And I didn't really feel good actually. I thought it might, but it felt like, felt pretty bad. You know, it was pretty, it was shameful. It was a pretty shameful thing to do. I think. There's a, I, I think that there's a lot uh, that happens when your identity is tied up with your work and you're experiencing mental health issues around that leaving and moving on is it's extremely difficult and i i know people who have gone through similar experiences and i and i don't think it ever feels good yeah yeah it was really um it's almost like a like a morning you know like you're kind of like grieving for like yeah this identity and this lifestyle and um yeah, it, it, like I said, it took it took a while to figure out um, how to move on in, in like a positive way, I guess. And also, you know, just the concept, like you were saying about um, connecting, having your identity and your work is, I think, something I've learned that's like pretty unhealthy and that, you know, you need to be able to separate yourself to some extent from, from what you do for a living. It's not who you are. It doesn't have to be who you are. Right. It doesn't have to be. Was were there certain things that you did consciously to move on from that, or was it just kind of something that happened over time? Um, I started therapy again, which was great. Um, still seeing the same therapist actually, um, and she was really really helpful in terms of um, just like accepting that and kind of helping me find. I guess she helped me find a job, which was cool. I wound up working as a behavioral interventionist um, for in middle school, which was you know, really, really difficult and also rewarding in a lot of different ways. Um, but yeah, kind of 
just just therapy really was the best thing that came out of that, I think, as well as, um, you know, just a lot of new new experiences, like working in education was, you know, I'm sure you know, because you did it as well. It's a really uh, rewarding and trying time, I guess, is, is like the most, um, you know. To say the least. Yeah, yeah, to say the least, like same way we could put that. But um, yeah, yeah, just like mental health maintenance, I think, was really, really important to come out of that. When did you start experiencing mental health issues? Because I don't, or I don't really know, but I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you were going through anything in high school, right? Um, I, I had some anxiety stuff going on in high school. Mm. Um, but nothing, nothing that was like addressed or talked about, right? Mm, I, I went to, I saw a therapist in high school, actually. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really talk about it that much at the time, but I definitely did. Um, yeah, just regarding like anxiety, um, kind of like invasive thoughts, um, learning some like techniques to like combat invasive thoughts, I guess. And um, yeah, so I, <coughs> excuse me, I did that, um, I think for about a year during high school. And then when I went to college, I, you know, kind of stopped until my senior year, which was when I really kind um, of got back into it. And that's when I was actually like first medicated um, was my end of my senior year of college. What were some of your invasive thoughts? What were you experiencing anxiety around? Oh, just like, you know, just little things. I think school stuff, um, school stuff and social stuff, you know, just like, um, yeah, yeah, mostly mostly school stuff and social stuff. And I don't know, there's a lot of pressure, I think, in, in Westfield where we grew up. And uh, yeah, it was nothing like crazy, but it was just uh, pretty pretty constant, I guess, for a little while, but um, it definitely was, I think, learned some cognitive behavioral techniques that were helpful at the time. So when you started medication in college, was there something specific that prompted you to be like, I, okay, like I need to actually start doing something different? Did it get worse or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, It was like towards the end of college that I really, I think like, you know, anxiety and depression kind of go hand in hand. Um, And I kind of found myself like unable to like do things, um, you know, like day-to-day maintenance things. Um, It's kind of like, you know, classic, not taking care of yourself, not, not going to work. um, Just like really kind of being stuck. Um, I felt really stuck at the time, I think. And um, I think it was my mom actually was, was really helpful. She kind of just, you know, flew me home and um, it was good to kind of get out of the uh, kind of like small bubble I was in at college and the chance to recharge and, you know, like trying to take a step out of your own life. And at that time, I think I, yeah, I first went on Prozac. I was prescribed that. And I was on Prozac for five years, maybe six years. What did depression feel like to you? Um, for me, it was mostly just like not feeling anything, you know, just like really just numbness, um, lack of motivation, but yeah, more so it was just like, it just, yeah, just numb, like, you know, being, not feeling any sort of range of emotion, like no highs, no lows, um, just kind of being like stuck, I guess. And like being, you know, I guess like, I don't want to say like a robot, but just like, yeah, not, not being able to, to do anything and feeling really like muted. I guess everything was really muted. Yeah, I I resonate with that. Well, do you think there was something specific that when you went to college that 
started that made it more pronounced that brought it out a little bit more um it could be brain chemistry it could be um could be situational probably a mixture of the two could be smoking a lot of pot i think that maybe had something to do with it um i don't know since i've stopped smoking pot i've felt like much much better and much more clear so i don't know at the time it's like you you know you use stuff like that to self-medicate um but yeah, I think it was just a mixture of things. And then towards the end of college, you know, going into a time of transition with such like uncertainty about what I wanted to be doing and, you know, not really having, I guess, a sense of identity was, uh, yeah, kind of like built up to that point, I think. Yeah. It sounds like you uh, had this thing with identity um, and I'm not, trying to therapize at all <laughs> just purely for the sake of conversation like your it sounds like your depression um and anxiety like really were connected to to your sense of self yeah um i i think that's like a pretty good way to put it you know to connect it to kind of like as well like normative expectations right like what you should be doing and you know, like I said, time to transition, I think, brought that out because, you know, I felt like, um, yeah, like, you know, kind of like magnified that you don't know exactly who you are and where you fit into the world or, you know, and I think getting older, you know, you, you get a greater sense of that, which is why I think, you know, I've been having so, like a lot of success um, with my mental health recently. But yeah, I think those earlier times of transition were pretty, pretty big for that reason, not really knowing who you are, where you fit in. Yeah, I think I experienced that so much, like right after college. And I was definitely someone who always thought, you know, what I do is going to be an extension of who I am. Like my job is going to be an extension of who I am. Um, I, you know, I wanted to go to medical school for a long time. And I think I had these really weird ideas about like uh what that meant like if i could be if i could have this like prestigious profession then it would like give me self-worth yeah yeah and, and i felt the same way i think too with um you know i kind of put myself on this law school track and you know felt like that's what i had to be doing as well um you know i studied like philosophy and politics and everything i did was kind of like building towards that point and then kind of like deciding that that's not necessarily where you want to be going. It's, yeah, it's, an, it's a whole like identity shift. So, you know, I, I guess I never really thought of that actually until you pointed it out right now. But um, yeah, no, I, I think that's a good, a good way to describe it and actually a pretty like perceptive uh, observation. Yeah, it's, it's really, really hard to get around that pressure. Um, and try to like think outside yourself because it's hard to know the reasons like why you want something. It takes a lot of introspection, mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, especially when you're younger and like you said, I think, you know, you kind of develop over time and uh, some things just start to become clearer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think also like one thing that I found is actually harmful is this like notion of like, you know, a, a dream job. 
like especially you know going through all this um like the transition that we're going through now um yeah the notion of the dream jobs like really harmful and it makes you think that if you there's no like dream job for you then there's you know I don't know there's some sense some sort of failure there um and I was I was working with a uh, a career counselor at my school you know trying to figure out what I wanted to do for a while she kept saying what's your dream job what's your dream job you know what I, like I don't I don't really think I there's no dream job um there's like a certain lifestyle that you want to live you know you want to like have a certain amount of time for yourself and um you know you want to be able to do things like some people like to travel some people like you know hobbies or whatever but um yeah, I don't know. Realizing that there was no dream job made it a lot easier for me, I think, to deal with all this transition right now. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I used to think about that all the time. Like, what's my dream job? I, I had such a hard time separating that. Um, again, my identity from, my, from what I would do for a career. And like saying it now, it sounds so weird and it makes no sense but like (laughs) I think a lot of that is just and I've been trying to avoid talking about this but I can't but just like capitalism (laughs) and like (laughs) the the pressure to like the work like the pressure to work and how like that I mean it's it's an it's built into our society is like the the work you do is what your value is you know like people who make a fuck ton of money are deemed successful. Yeah. Um, like, and that they, and there's this perception that they worked incredibly hard to get that, to get there. Um, and only recently, in my opinion, have you started seeing like people being like, people don't always work really hard to be rich. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I think that's a good point. I think we <laughs> we could do a whole other podcast on uh, on capitalism and identity <laughs> if we had a uh, you know a lot of time. Yeah. So it's it sounds like you made a shift from thinking about you know your your identity and and self worth in terms of your job or your career, whatever you want to call it, um, and kind of started thinking about lifestyle and just like the type of life that you wanted to have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think a big part of the thing that was difficult in the cooking industry was it's really difficult to, um, I guess to have like a, to find a partner who's not doing the same thing as you are. Um, and that really limits you, you know, cause the, the hours and the amount of time you put in. Um, so, you know, for me, there was like a big desire for a while to have, you know, like a, a supportive partner and that was I think really like it was unfulfilled obviously for like quite some time because you know just like the situation um so you know you find yourself with these like conflict conflicting desires right like this um you know this this desire to like be successful in in your industry and to put in you know as much time as you need to to like do what is like you know successful I'm doing air quotes um but um uh yeah. And then, you know, you have this other desire, which is like, oh, I'd like to have a relationship. And, um, you know, when those things aren't necessarily compatible, that can be, can be hard. Um, and like, you're just not, not quite fully fulfilled, I guess. Um, you know, and that's part of like, I guess the lifestyle that I wanted to work towards and, you know, being able to have time for like my family and my friends and, you know, to, to be in a relationship and to like be a partner, I guess, as well as have a partner, um, requires you to, 
yeah, make, make decisions, which allow you the time to do all those things. Are you, are you still on medication? Yeah. Um, so I, I was on the Prozac for a while and I think you mentioned you might've been on Prozac before for a little bit, but that one is, um, it can be a little numbing as well. I think, you know, like, if you, like for me before, I, I guess I, my baseline was maybe on a scale of one to 10, like a three or a four. This probably raised my baseline to five or six, but it still didn't allow me any sort of like range of emotion, um, which is fine when you're, you know, coming off of like a low place. But, um, you know, I kind of wanted a little bit more, I don't know. I just, yeah, I just wanted to like feel more, you know, so I, so I went off of that and um, then, yeah, we had the, the episode, I guess, at the, at the restaurant and I left and then I started working with um, this really good psychiatrist who I think took a different, more holistic approach. And she tried some other, other medications that in combinations of medications that, uh, you know, more, I guess, traditional um, psychiatrists might not have, uh, I've tried and I've actually like after a lot of trial and error I've, I've found some like a combination of um, prescriptions that I think really work well for me and one of the things that she did differently was I guess kind of look at she looked at how I was feeling I think as a little more of a, a mood disorder um, as well as some of the other stuff so she was kind of treating multiple I guess she, she was looking at at me more holistically. And, um, yeah, I've definitely found success with that. What, what are you, so what are you on right now? Um, I am on Effexor, Propranolol and Lamictal. So I take those three every day. Um, Effexor is kind of like the baseline, um, you know, I guess it, it's a newer antidepressant. So it's supposed to kind of, um, do some of the stuff that you would see on like a Prozac, but with less of the negative side effects. Um, propranolol is for physical symptoms of anxiety and then lamictal is a mood stabilizer um, which you know mood disorders run in my family um, on both sides so I you know I think it was good that she kind of like targeted that area as well yeah I was on Prozac in high school and I talked I talked about this on a previous episode how I had like the the worst reaction just like immediately became um, extremely suicidal mm -hmm. and just went off it right away. I know there's like a small set of the pop population that has that reaction with Prozac. And then I mm -hmm. also was on Lamictal in high school oh, for, for, that was the one I took for the longest time. And uh, that was pretty helpful for me. And then I think senior year, I just decided to stop everything. I don't really know why. Um, Old Turkey. Yeah, I just wanted to move on from that. It was so weird. And for me, medication was kind of like this means to an end of like, the problem wasn't my mood is that it was that I was doing bad in high school, in school, like I wasn't getting good grades. And as long as medication got me good grades, it didn't matter if my mood was improved, like that was the metric of success. Mm. Um, so I think I just had this like really negative association with medication. Yeah. But, you know, just like finding the right therapist, finding the right psychiatrist is extremely important. And I also started uh, seeing a new psychiatrist pretty recently. I started medication again, and it like seriously saved me. I think for a lot of people out there who have a 
maybe a stigma or a negative view about medication and and what it can do and maybe had a bad experience i think that that point that you bring up of like just finding the right psychiatrist uh who you know is is willing to explore a little bit outside of like traditional means is really really important if you're if you're going through that stuff if you're going through whatever it is mm-hmm. um any type of mental health issue and it takes it really takes um trial and error is the other thing yeah with medication like yeah i definitely noticed that yeah well you know i think um yeah you know so one thing my mom said to me and you know disclosure my mom's a pediatrician so she has a pretty like western point of view on on medicine but she said you know better living through chemistry um which i think is like interesting and kind of funny um because you know some people look at medication as a crutch or they look at it as something temporary um and you know that's fine if that's like your personal viewpoint on it you know i'm not going to tell anybody how to think about medication but personally you know i think it allows me to, I guess, just be the, I guess, the best version of myself rather than like changing who I am, um, if that makes sense. You know, like a lot of these, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of mental health is chemistry, it's brain chemistry. And, um, you know, you wouldn't say a diabetic is not who they would normally be for not taking insulin. You know, it's just uh, some people's bodies just work differently and like need a little bit of help in order to like function fully. Absolutely. I don't know if somebody's asked me before, like, do I plan on, you know, I think my, it was I, my therapist, not my psychiatrist. She said, well, you know, you want to start maybe working off some of these medications. And I was like, not really. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it took so long to find these medications right, right. and I feel good. And um, yeah, I mean, I just don't really have a problem with that being like part of my day or part of my reality, you know? Yeah. I think that's a, great mentality and i don't know if i've mentioned this before but i yeah i think that like i i struggled also with medication because i was like that's not uh i'm not like trying hard enough in you know in my uh normal life like i'm not um doing everything possible every other method possible like exercising more changing my diet like doing all these other like natural things quote unquote natural things Mm -hmm. to help my mental health um and i'm and i'm being lazy i'm just relying on this easy fix this easy you know when Mm -hmm. that's just like simply not the case like if i was living like an extremely unhealthy lifestyle and you know i think that there needs to be some self-examination there for anyone who's going through uh mental Mm -hmm. health issues what kind of lifestyle you're living Mm-hmm. But like, I wasn't doing anything like radical, you know, I wasn't like, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So yeah. And I, and I, and I do think that that is like a, another big part of like <laughs> the capitalist system is like, pull yourself up by your bootstrap, you know, do it yourself. Just have a little bit more uh, grit, like a little bit more determination. Well, I want to go back to something you said, actually, was like looking at medication as an easy fix. Because as both, as both of us know, it's not easy at all. And it really requires a high level of introspect, introspection um, to really like examine how you are feeling. And you really need to be looking for very subtle differences, you know, in, in your behaviors and your, your moods. And, you know, um, so I think it requires 
requires a certain amount of maturity and it requires a commitment if you actually want to be able to, you know, find um, a medication that works for you. And it's, it's easy to get discouraged too, you know, when you're cycling through different things and, you know, it takes like weeks to like move up in a dose and then it takes weeks to move down in a dose. And then, you know, you stop taking one thing and start taking another thing. And it's definitely not easy. It can be pretty exhausting, I think. That is such a good point. And not to mention, yeah, like all the trial periods that you have to go through when you start a new medication, dealing with the side effects, like it's a whole thing, just starting and stopping. It's yeah, that's, that's such a good point is it really is not starting medications. Taking that journey is not, is not an easy thing. No, no, not at all. And yeah. And like you said, I think there's a misconception that you kind of just like, you know, plug some, plug it in and you're just like good to go and you feel amazing. But uh, yeah, it still takes work and it takes work outside of, um, you know, just finding the right medicine. It's, you know, you got to be more holistic, I think about it. Yeah. And the other thing about medication is that like, which is sounds like what you were getting at is that it doesn't just it's not for first, it's not like a quick fix, right? Like it, it, it makes you feel a little bit better, but you're not just like the happiest person and most well, well adjusted person, like, even after your medication is working as best as it possibly can, it's simply allows you to like take the steps of being a healthier person at least that's what it did for me it just like got my mind out of the funk of like oh i can like think about things in a normal way again yeah yeah absolutely um you know i had a what was it uh, an ativan prescription for a little bit and you know that's that's one thing i think also it's like uh, that medication or you know any sort of like benzo um, really it's like a stop button you know what I'm saying like if you're having like a like a panic attack or that's one of the things that does like immediately do something um, which is obviously why it's like easily abused and you know that's a whole, also a whole different story but that's an interesting one because yeah if you know if you're you have these thoughts and you're like you know like panicking or whatever it's literally yeah like pressing the pause button and able to take a step out of what you're feeling and kind of like really look at the situation and think like you know do I need to be obsessing about, you know, my landlord or whatever, like random thing it is, or like my job or my, my friend, you know. Are there things that you're doing now to make sure you maintain good mental health? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, running is an important thing. Um, everybody started running during the pandemic and it's, it's me as well. So you know, I've hated running my entire life and I don't quite hate it anymore. I kind of enjoy it. So that's been cool. Um, I got a dog, which I think actually is like really, really um, helpful in terms of, that was a couple of years ago, actually, but I get, you know, I think dog's really helpful in terms of like giving yourself routine, stability, um, and kind of just thinking about something that's not you for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, that's funny that you came back to running and don't want to spend that much time on this, but I think it is like an important thing to point out is that like just the idea of um, exercise, because I, I feel like exercise, you know, there's all these studies about the effectiveness of exercise combating depression. And a lot of times you'll see, oh, it's more um, effective than certain medications, whatever. Um, I just want to point out that like, 
there I feel like there's like a few types of exercise exercises that get advertised, whether it's just because of the way things are or like on social media, like you know, you see like running and yoga and like <laughs> I don't know whatever it is like there's like a few things that are that are just and it's like i think a lot of times people struggle with the idea of like uh when they think about exercise they're like i don't want to run and i don't want to do yoga but i just want to encourage people there are just like a million different ways to move your body that are that's fun and stimulating and i'm just like a huge advocate for exercising and mental health i think it is huge like we know it's huge and if you're struggling with mental health issues and you're not currently exercising in some form, try to be creative about it. I just got this game on Nintendo switch and I know not everyone like has the means to go out and buy a video game to help them exercise. But like, fortunately I do. And it's been huge for me. Like it's this stupid little Nintendo game and it's been like the thing that's got me back into exercising. (laughs) So like, just like think I was like, combining video games and exercise like just be a little bit creative you know yeah, I found, um that one thing that really kind of like encouraged me to stick with running was uh like the, app, the apps that record your running because they give you these little badges you know for like ridiculous things it's like oh you ran on a tuesday afternoon like here you go you get a badge and it celebrates these like tiny achievements you know that you normally would just kind of shrug off and it's definitely motivating um, but I want to go back to something, which is that um, it took finding the right medication to allow me to like actually start running. You know what I'm saying? Like what you were saying before is I didn't, oh, you know, I, I saw medication as um, a last resort before exhausting all these other resources. But, you know, I think it can work the other way. You know, like having a medication allows you to, you know, make those other positive changes and just see the value in making some of those other life choices that, um can, can you know help help the way you're feeling oh my god yeah i was before i so what i'm taking right now is lexapro I, when i was you know it was about a year ago and i was it was like around september and i started going through a really bad depression i think of of 2019 and i uh i, I was just coming home and like I couldn't do anything but just go immediately to my bed and lie down. There's no way I'm going to be exercising, but I'm in that state of mind. Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. Do you, I want to go back to um, identity. Do you, is that something that is like you still like think about at all? Is that something that's still on your mind now that you've kind of moved on from that uh, tying it to your career or job? Is it? Yeah. You know, it always, I guess, is something that I think about, but you know, I guess cook, cooking is still a big part of my life, I think, but now it's like a hobby rather than the only thing I do. And I think that's, you know, become a lot more healthy. Um, going back to school has been really helpful as well. Um, just in terms of like really diversifying what, you know, what I do and trying to like do different things, things that make me happy. You know, like I, I like learning, I like school in general. So that's been really positive in terms of helping me, um, not like, I guess, pigeonhole myself. Um, and yeah, just ha- like having a hobby, um, having a, like, you know, a supportive partner has been really helpful, which was what I said before, what I was looking for. Um, so yeah, just trying to be like, you know, 
a well-rounded person who, you know, is able to just, I guess, make choices that allows them time to, you know, support others. I guess that's kind of something that's, that, that I've been thinking about and like what, what's important to me, you know, it's like being able to like be there for the people that you love. Yeah. That's awesome. I really like that. Yeah. I think that's a really important point um, that you brought up also around, you know, this thing that you loved to do, which was cooking. Like it's not like it just left your life that you're still able to do it in the capacity that, that you like to. It's much more healthy now, you know, I can just eat it's something that allows me to like make people happy and, you know, spend time with family and friends cooking and like teaching people who are interested and, you know, yeah, it's become a lot more of a positive um, element of my life rather than like a point of stress. That's great. Well, we're approaching the end here. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to bring up or mention? Um, I mean, nothing we didn't talk about, but honestly, I, I wasn't expecting us to go in the direction of like, uh, of identity as much as we did. And, you know, I think in terms of my life, we kind of jumped around chronologically, but I, I guess I, I never really thought about like some of the, I never really thought about some of the things that, um, that you brought up or that came up over the course of this conversation and some of the consistencies in, you know, when I would be, um, like feeling certain ways or when I would be having like more of a mental health issue. So I don't know. I really appreciate that, I guess. And I, I, I think you'd like, you know, it, this will help me. I think, I think, I don't know, think further on the subject, I guess it's been, you know, I've enjoyed it. That's great. I'm really happy to hear that. It's been really interesting, just this format. And obviously I'm still exploring. Yeah. It's been interesting to see like where conversations just naturally go when you just like leave it open-ended and people just like start talking about their experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I was expecting more like telling stories or me telling specific stories, but to me it's just felt a little more like, you know, I don't know. It was a little like deeper level than just like explaining an experience and like walking somebody through like my chronological, like mental health timeline. So I, yeah, I liked jumping around. I thought that was like a cool way to, uh, to approach the subject. Cool. And lastly, you kind of touched on this and so don't feel free to that. You don't, don't feel like you need to have an answer, but is there any other advice that you would give to people um, who went through some, who maybe are going through something similar that you went through? Yeah. You know, just um, you don't have to define yourself by just one thing, I guess. And I guess that it's a lot easier said than done, but you know, trying to take a more holistic look um, about what makes you unique and, um, you know, who you are. Like I said, it, take, it takes a certain amount of, um, like, willingness to, to do that. But we don't need to define ourselves, I think, by, like, one thing, by our career. Like, it's part of a much more complex person. Um, so, yeah, you know, just try to take a step back if you're stressed out about stuff like that and realize that there's a lot more to you than just whatever's stressing you out. That's great. Well, thanks so much for joining, Max. Oh, no problem. It was definitely my pleasure. Cool. Take care. Yep. Bye.